0: Hey everybody! Happy September! I hope you guys are looking forward to fall and cooler weather, like I am, because in the south it has been brutally hot um, all summer through August. We've been hitting a hundred plus with the feels likes and nineties for a while now. So cooler temperatures hopefully are coming, and I am very excited to start today's podcast um, and just talk to you a little bit what it's like um having a blind parent who uses braille and um we talked about braille literacy back in january but just um from what i've been doing personally the last couple weeks with braille just want to share some insight welcome to the crab podcast here at children raised around the blind we have two goals our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent secondly We want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. Having a parent who is extremely literate in Braille, um, I wouldn't say is much different from having a parent who reads except that um your life revolves around braille and i was talking to a friend recently we were talking about um, just downsizing say downsizing decluttering my house and getting some things ready as um, we look for having baby number three join us either end of september or first part of october and some of the things we're doing around the house to kind of get things in order and um, books is one of my things. I love reading. I um, grew up with my mom reading to me, um, at bedtime and you know schoolwork and different things. And so, literature is a big deal. And um, we we're talking about the difference that braille makes versus print because braille generally is printed on eleven and a half by eleven sheet page, so almost a foot by a foot, and. Um, A typical book would be two to three volumes now a volume is i'm going to say 50 to 100 pages and that's front and back Um, but on average depending the size of print it's usually two braille pages to one print page sometimes it may even be a little more depending how much it is for a standard book now kids books you know it it's usually a whole lot less because you can it's one to one with the picture books but um The amount of space (laughs) that Braille can take up versus how many books I can get um, in print on a bookshelf. So, for instance, we had um, contact with somebody who had a Braille Bible that was slightly used um, and (laughs) a Braille Bible for the King James Version is 18 volumes. Those volumes range from about 2 inch binding to 4 inch binding. Um, when my mom had her braille Bible, we <laughs> literally took up two, two and a half shelves on the standard bookcase. So if you can imagine that bulkiness of braille, um, and braille, I think is still extremely important. I personally am a very pro braille person. Um, my daughter end of this school semester, if not for some next school semester, will to should be working on learning, um, the alphabet and if she wants to go further, um, you know, further into the braille code, we will do that for sure. But um, with braille, it, it does take up more space. And now that I do the other side of it, I do the embossing. So it's not printing. I'll You'll hear me slip and say, um, I printed braille. I'm supposed to say emboss it's not a braille printer it's actually called a braille embosser because it is pulling the dots out it doesn't print them on it actually pulls the the paper one way or the other and we have um a juliet is what it's called it does double sided there's ones called romeos that only do the front side um but we have an embosser we've had an embosser i think my entire life at least that i can remember growing up We had a Romeo for a long time that my mom printed a lot of um, our homeschool materials on and did printing for other people and other groups. And then now we have our second or third um, embosser. Now we haven't paid for these. These are ones that were donated, they're older, but um, one, it makes a ton of sound. (laughs) I used to say this one's a little quieter than the ones we had growing up, but when mom would be printing brown materials growing up, we were in a tri-level house and my bedroom was on top of the garage and she did all the embossing in the garage. Well, it sounded like little soldiers marching and she would like, she'd do it when she was putting us to bed or like towards the end of the day. A lot of times where she could go and check on it and wasn't as interrupted. I got used to the sound of marching to go to sleep (laughs) because it was a monthly thing. We were doing a monthly, um, periodicals for uh, a devotional. And so we actually would mail them out. They'd send them to mom, formatted, or I think they sent them to mom and then she translated them into braille, made sure the formatting was fine. And then we'd run off 10, 15 copies that we would then have to address the envelopes on and then mail out to people who wanted that type of devotional. And we did that for a number of years growing up. So I got very familiar with the sound of the braille um, embosser growing, uh, ripping off the feeder. So just like those of you, I say old school, um, (laughs) 80s, 90s, or before when the giant printers for print had the little feeder with the dots on the edge, little holes to run through the machine. Well, that's what braille paper has on it to feed it through the embosser because you do it, you buy it in a giant box stack. So it's continuous feed. And um, I think they do have non-continuous, but that'd be a little bit harder to do. But with that, so then like you gotta tear the strips off and then you're binding and we had a binder, our binders had slowly, the handle fell apart years and years and years ago. And um, my mom has officially, Donated it to a ministry. They have a couple but when she goes there she's more comfortable with hers and um, She's not going as much right now because I've had a lot of ministry teams be able to help but when she is able to go um, And bind she likes to use the binding machine, but that means now when we do things here at home <laughs> I'm hand binding them where she was hand binding them and now I've taken over doing the transcriptionist now there is a whole course that you can take to become a braille transcriptionist where you learn the braille code you learn the UEB which is the unified english braille and all of those types of things i am not certified i had looked into being certified before UEB was a thing and um was working on it but all of the contractions and the shortcuts and what what combinations can go together, which, which words you're gonna spell out, which ones you're gonna use the others um, symbols and different things for, it was it just got too complicated. I still have my book here um, so I can refer to it if I ever um, need to put something or correct something in braille and I'm not quite sure. If there's a shortcut for that, I can pull it out and have access to that. Um, generally though, the program we use, Duxbury does pretty good at some point we'll have to up upgrade it because we now use the newer Microsoft Word which some of the formatting doesn't always convert to braille so that's my main thing with transcribing is when we translate it pulling out extra spaces um if somebody had double spaced an article which we don't double space anymore but people still you know out of habit might double space an article for some reason it adds this extra symbol in there so instead of two spaces, it takes up four spaces. And so things like that, that I have to be more alert of. And embossing things in Braille, like our, our digest. So standard, I think we we're editing it in eight or nine point font was 12 pages. Um, I'm not quite sure what it was in the 16 point font. I didn't go through and change, make that change. Um, but I would assume it was probably close to 30 pages. So a 30 page, digest digital article um at you know in large print you think in 30 pages and braille is 66 pages um plus the front matter which was another four pages so that's your title you know your front page and um the title the table of contents all of those pages we have to do separately because it's the formatting's different and for me it's just easier to cut and paste (laughs) and do it in two files. And then we merge them together. When we um, once we've embossed them, then we put them together and bind them together. Um, but it was 70 pages. And 70 pages on an old embosser doesn't print like very quickly. <laughs> you know, it's a couple hours to get all that done. But we were able to emboss and realizing you know, just how big that is, we had to use half inch comb binders. And um, you know, it, it is bulky. It is probably it was about two inches, maybe two and a half inches thick. So Braille is so useful. And I love that we still do it and I want Braille to be used more. Um, but we also have to face that it, it is a little bulkier. That's why doing some stuff in digital with Braille computers, which is what my mom uses, Um, she does have a laptop with speech, but she prefers Braille. She does better with Braille, um, with processing and uh, reading and catching errors and things because she can see it as we say. And, um, Braille is just something that means a lot, you know, does a lot. I have, we have a few of our children's books from growing up that are print and Braille, And the Braille also has grade one and contracted Braille so I can read grade one and um, I do a lot of reading those books for fun I'm not very fast I'm very slow um, reading Braille and that type of stuff and um, there's a video up on Instagram of me reading attempting to read a Braille book going very slow because it's like a kindergarten first grader (laughs) where I have to today the letters out loud or at least in my head to spell them and then I can say the word because I'm not very quick um, if I did it on a regular basis I probably could get a whole lot faster outside of restroom signs and a few other words that I see frequently with my fingers probably not gonna be fast numbers I'm pretty fast but that's also because you know it's one two three four five six seven eight nine and zero is the letter J with a number sign in front of it. So it's, um, it's a whole lot easier for me to read numbers than it is letters. Um, but I think my whole point in this whole podcast is just to let you know what Braille is, what, you know, that it, it is bulky, but it is also important. It's a code. It's very important that we continue to use it. I mean, if we think, about even the signs today, I noticed at, at the doctor's office for the restroom. Um, they were like a four by six card. Someone trying to read large print would not have been able to see or read the letters because they're not that large. And, you know, just things like that, that being able to read the braille would be so useful. Um, and just the way that our brains work. I mean, there's all sorts of studies on. You know the use of braille is basically the same as pen and paper for kids and we know how important early education is for our children to write and to learn to spell and to be able to have those skills so braille is extremely important yes it's bulky yes it takes time to translate it requires special software all of that stuff but it's not impossible there are groups and organizations who do brailling you can you know send them books that's what my mom used to do is send them books and they would Braille them send them homeschool material there is a prison here in I think it was in Georgia where there's a prison system where one of their working things that the people did was translate books into Braille so they would take the spine off the book and separate it into sections so different people would have different sections and they would scan it in and then verify that everything was correct and then put it into a document and send it to mom and she would have all of the, you know, everything would be in Braille. She didn't have a Braille computer that had enough cells where she could, you know, use it. Now she could. Um, but then she would emboss it off and there would be a Braille book. And so there's a lot of things like that growing up that I got to experience that I know not everybody does. But I think is so, so important. So, um, yeah, Braille is just important. And it's fun. It's exhausting <laughs> for me. Oh, uh, we did six. We have six Braille users, and so I had to make six copies of the um, magazine, which is we do it quarterly. So it's not too hard. But then sometimes, because we don't do it all the time, I'll forget. So I have to go back to an old copy and figure out where. How did I format that? Or what was the symbol we had to use for this? And figure it all back out. But it is. It's also fun. And watching my husband's face when I edited the big document because I'd already run a copy off in Braille, sent it to my mom Um, and then she sent me an email with the corrections to be made so I was looking for the pages and then trying to find it and um, I had to use our big TV and he's just like it's all dots and I was like well you're looking for these dots and he's like I I can't do that (laughs) so for me it's common Um, but you know, if you're not familiar with Braille or what it looks like, um, in the formatting software, it can be overwhelming and it does require a little bit more, but I hope you guys enjoy this. You can feel free to look up Braille courses. I know there are a handful of courses you can take and it would be something fun. It is something that there are not enough people who are currently, um, transcribing things into Braille. And, um, you know, some people, some Braille transcriptionists do it by hand with a Braille writer. Um, but there's, there's a huge need for sure to have those services available. I hope you guys enjoy our talk. Tune in for the third Monday of the month for our next episode. Bye.